Good morning, and we welcome to the program once again State Senator Gene Lysing. And good morning to you, Senator, and how are you doing on this glorious Friday? Oh, good morning, Tom. i uh hoping that we're going to see a little rain maybe in our area. Uh, I know Batesville got a little, but outside of Batesville, it didn't rain very much in the last day. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I think... Uh, uh, the farmers want some rain on their cornfields and soybean fields, and people want rain on their gardens and actually on their flower beds. So, you know, uh, it's funny how we go from one one uh, season to the next, and sometimes too much and sometimes too little, right? Indeed. <laughs> and of course, I, I've seen a lot of I've seen some brown patches of grass as well on you know, so. Uh, need uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Need it for their lawns. So, and. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, coming up, the uh, the uh, the big uh, elephant in the room, so to speak, when it comes to the legislature, is the special session, which uh, of course was delayed from uh, starting uh, this week. It's uh, now scheduled for uh, July twenty fifth. And uh, uh, what are some things that you're seeing as far as uh, that's concerned? Right, and you know, first of all, I, I would just tell people that a special session under Indiana current law, whatever can last up to 40 calendar days from the day that the governor calls a special session. So the governor called the special session uh, starting July 6th. So it has to end by August 14. Uh, however, because of the, the issues that are going to be debated, I think the leadership of the legislature decided that they needed to be working on the bill drafts and and building consensus, okay? And, I mean, there. so July 25th is now the magic day, uh, and uh, we've been told that we need to plan on it lasting a couple of weeks because these issues are not simple that we're dealing with. And um, I also, we've also been told that not to discount weekends. So I think that um, from July 25th to August 14th, uh, most legislators got to keep their calendars open so that they're available. I don't frankly think we'll be there every day. I think it will depend on the committees where the bills go and maybe some people will have to be there for those, others won't. So anyway, but the two big issues are the one that triggered the governor calling the special session was the governor said we have a six billion dollar surplus. Let's give more back to the taxpayer. Okay. Uh, but what he didn't say is that there's a $9 billion unfunded pension liability in the state. So not everybody is in total agreement on how what we should do with that. Maybe part of the money, the surplus, should go toward um, relieving some of that pension liability um, that sort of looms over the um, state. Uh, but others would say, no, let's put more money in the pockets of people. I've had employers say well when you do that then that makes some people not want to work ever you know and there's always a problem with finding enough employees that are businesses so so it's not a simple issue um the statute currently because we hit a trigger everybody every taxpayer is supposed to get 125 dollars back um and that was already set and that happened and for some people they've gotten it back I hear from other people that have it. And so I'm trying to get uh, um, a handle on how many people 
have actually received their $125. I know that if they pay their taxes uh, electronically, if they have their uh, tax bill come out of their out of a joint bank account, then it's supposed to come back in a form of a refund to that bank account. But if they pay their taxes by writing a check, then they're not likely going to get that first $125 before August or later. So, you know, it's got a, some folks confused, and now they're saying, well, wait a minute, we don't have the first $125. When are we going to get the $225? Well, I think the verdict is still out on the $225 completely because I don't think all legislators are on the same page. And also, I would add Tom, and then it's probably enough on that subject, but um, there's also concern about a downturn potentially in Indiana's economy. One of the things they look at in Indiana is the RV industry in the northern part of the state, and that has certainly started to show a downturn. So that makes some folks say, hold on, we better be careful. Our surplus might get gobbled up. Uh, shortly. So we'll see. But anyway, that's going to be, that's the issue that triggered the special session. However, then we have the Supreme Court ruling on abortion. Okay. And that now is probably getting all the attention versus the governor's uh, refund. And I would tell you, uh, Indiana has always been a pretty pro-life state. And I've been a very pro-life senator. However, we've got a big decision to make now because no one ever expected Roe versus Wade to be overturned. Uh, I don't think. I haven't talked to anybody that was really anticipating it. Uh, and so now Indiana will definitely tighten up our abortion law. But to the extent, I don't think any one of us know yet because, for one thing, the bill that's being drafted is not yet available for us to see and read, okay? So for me to say, hey, this is what I think and this is how I'm going to vote, we have to know. So I think the right to life and many, most of our uh, legislators want to support an exception for life of the mother in regard to the abortion issue. But the, the couple of issues that are more complicated and will probably undergo serious debate uh, will be that of rape or incest as being exceptions. And some people may even want uh, a time limit, a week limit, you know, uh, on pregnancy. So uh, of when someone could have an abortion. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a tough issue, Tom. And, and even for the, the folks that really are strongly pro-life, they go, yeah, but wonder if my daughter or granddaughter was raped by some brutal person on, for instance, a college campus that nobody even knows. You know, what then would we want? Would we want that daughter or granddaughter to have an option? And so I think that's the kind of discussions you're going to hear. You know, I don't think any legislators want um, people to use abortion for birth control. And I would only hope that there's better education on the availability of birth control. And, um, and actually, another big issue is that for someone that um, has been raped but they didn't report it, they tell me that only 35% of the rapes are reported, which is concerning. Uh, but for those folks 
there is something available over the counter in the drugstore called the morning after pill if it's taken, you know, the next day or whatever. Uh, I think there's a couple-day window involved that could prevent pregnancy in that situation. And, and there's two big things here, whether or not we're preventing pregnancy or whether we're destroying an implanted embryo, okay? And so, honestly, it's going to be a tough issue, Tom. And I think the language, the attorneys are going to have to be absolutely meticulous in how they draft language so that we get it right and that we get it right for the people. And then the other thing is people need to remember, we'll be going back into session, into a long session starting in January. So if there is something that isn't right, we would have a chance to fix it, but we, we don't want to think along those lines. But honestly, this is a big issue, and we're hearing from a lot of folks um, on both sides of the issue. Uh, I have more people contacting me currently from my district that are pro-life rather than pro-choice. But again, people can say they're pro-life, but they still want maybe an exception or two. So... That's going to be that, and I'm anxious to see what the bill is really, how it's really going to read. And I just checked again yesterday, and it's not available for me to see. And and the other thing that I would tell um, your listeners is that I've been told that the bill will be assigned to the health committee, and I'm one of 12 members of the health committee. So that is where the bill will be gone over in detail, and anybody that wants to come and speak for or against that bill will be able to come to the state house and so i think that uh, people need to pay attention to this issue because i think people that are interested in it are very committed to either one side or the other and so uh, we have to get this right for everyone all right and so with that we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out we'll continue our conversation with state senator gene lysing right after this don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with State Senator Gene Lysing. And, of course, uh, we uh, talked about the uh, special session in the uh, first segment, but uh, some uh, laws that uh, went into effect on uh, at the beginning of the month, Gene, uh, what were uh, some that uh, you feel are some that are really important that uh, people need to know uh, and uh, be knowledgeable about? Right. And, and, you know, I will tell you, Tom, first of all, there out of the 849 bills that were filed in the 2022 session, only 177 of those bills passed. And I think that's important for people to know that, you know, not every idea that's brought forward passes. And the other thing that we're a little different in Indiana than Washington, from the standpoint that 92% of the bills received bipartisan support the bills that passed. So that means that at least uh, some Democrats as well as uh, Republicans voted uh, for these bills. Probably the one that caught a, two of them that caught a lot of attention uh, this year. One was the girls' sports bill. 
Now, some people call this the transgender bill, but what it really does is it actually um, says that there are three kinds of sports, all-girls sports, all-boys sports, and mixed sports. And if it's an all-girls sport now in Indiana, only a, a person who is born a biological female on their birth certificate will be able to play in an, on an all-girls sports team. Now, this bill had passed both the Senate and House, but the governor vetoed it. And then uh, we went back and overrode the veto of the governor on what's called Technical Corrections Day, which was the end of May. And um, so I think that uh, the majority of the people thought that this was a bit of fairness for women and young women that are seriously interested in sports. Uh, it does only cover, though, K to 12 schools, it does not uh, involve our colleges at this point. And then the other bill that I think has gotten a lot of attention is the uh, permitless carry bill, or some people, uh, well, they call it by different names, um, constitutional carry, you name it. But what that means now, uh, we are joining like, 23-plus other states in removing the requirement for residents to obtain a gun permit before carrying a handgun. But the reality is um, you cannot purchase a gun at a legal gun store without having a background check, and that is still in place, okay? So I think that some people are really confused about that, and um, they, what they say, the federal firearms license um, dealer will check the FBI's National Instant Background Check System to verify if the individual possesses a firearm under uh, federal law, can possess a firearm under federal law. So um, they won't have to undergo a fingerprint testing, though. So that, that might be different from the past. But I think then that there's also a list of exceptions that people that are not going to be allowed to carry legally, and, and those range from anybody that was convicted of a, a federal or state offense uh, punishable uh, by at least one year of imprisonment. Uh, any fugitive cannot, an alien cannot carry um, domestic violence. A person that's uh, been convicted cannot carry domestic battery conviction. They cannot carry criminal stalking. They cannot carry um, a person who is actually under indictment um, or if there's a, an order of protection issued against a person. Um, so, you know, there are – and then mental um, defectiveness uh, if there's been a problem – or if they've been committed to a mental institution, or if they've been dishonorably discharged from the military. So there's a lot of reasons people can't carry. Now, I would tell you, though, being absolutely honest, I still think that some of our law enforcement are a little worried that they won't be able to see in their system when they pull up somebody's name if they stop them for some other violation and they see a gun on their car seat they won't know for sure whether or not they're legal. And so 
I think we'll see this issue revisited if there is a way to provide better information for our law enforcement so they don't have to be really super worried when they see a gun in someone's vehicle. One of the things that I would tell your listeners, though, is that I asked uh, uh, some of our legislators who had previously been in law enforcement, if they ever saw anyone hurt someone with a gun, that it was that they were legally allowed to carry it. And they tell me, no, that's, that, that's really, really unusual. I mean, so I think for the most part, um, you know, bad people have gotten guns. I don't, you know, I don't know if we should say bad people, but that's the truth. And law-abiding people uh, have not been hurting people with their guns. So another big issue is uh, election security. And people have really uh, worried about that since the last presidential election. And so all electronic voting machines in our state are going to have to provide a voter verifiable paper audit um, before the 2024 election. And then it also is going to have a new ID requirement when a voter requests a mail-in ballot application through the state's voter portal. And uh, so I'm hoping that those things will um, tighten up any additional concerns that our Indiana voters might have, although it would appear that our Indiana system worked well in the presidential election. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, There was a a bill that who knows what will happen with these previous laws on the book in regard to abortion, but there was a bill that passed uh, against coerced abortions, that if a an abortion clinic uh, or health professional saw that the person seeking an abortion is being forced to be there, uh, that they can report that and, um, you know, try to help the person out of that situation. A couple of the bills that I really um, was interested in and carried and and they passed, one, of course, is um, the school uh, issue where parents, at least in some parts of our state, felt like their school boards were not listening to them or not even giving them the opportunity to speak up. So as a result of my Senate Enrolled Act 83 that has passed and another bill that passed uh, from the House, House uh, Enrolled Act 1130, every school board will now have a public meeting unless there's an absolute emergency um, where they have at least one building closed in their um, school corporation. And then at that meeting, they have to allow a time that they will determine for public comment. And we, we left that open because we didn't want people to that serve on school boards to be there until 3 in the morning, okay? They have to put a time limit, just as we do sometimes in the legislature. So that will be up to the locals. But we want to make sure that people can be heard on these issues that seem really important to people uh, for their kids and their education. And uh, I would say that um, by doing this, I am hopeful that it will let decisions be, more decisions be made at the local level versus the state. Because an issue that might be important at ITF schools in Indianapolis isn't necessarily going to be relevant in Batesville, Indiana, or Greensburg, or or Brookville, or Sunman, or wherever, you know. So I think that um, that my goal is to let the local 
determine what the issues are as their school corporation. So I'm hoping that works, and we'll see if it does. Uh, another bill that I carried that I really uh, am hopeful it's going to provide us good information, and that is data by county on suicides and the type of suicides and then drug overdose deaths and the type of, of medication used. Now, I know we've all heard that nationally fentanyl is uh, the biggest culprit in the drug overdoses. But right now, I don't know that we know that at all in Indiana. And I can tell you that when I, I have seven counties in my Senate district, and when I talk to law enforcement in those various counties, they, they all give me a little bit different story about what the biggest drug issue is in their area. So I think that this will, will hopefully verify at least the drugs that are causing death uh, by people using them. And then in regard to suicide, uh, my big concern on that is that mental health services are not evenly available in every one of our 92 counties. We only have 24 mental health, community mental health centers, and they don't have a physical presence in every one of the counties. So I want to see if the extra money uh, that the legislature has put in even the past budget is really going to the places that need it the most for mental health services. So we'll see. We'll see if, if it helps any, uh, but it, it, there's such a lag in government data and how long it takes to get it. Um, and I think that, um, you know, this, this hopefully, even though we're going to have to probably wait a year or so, they really have any numbers that it will be helpful to us. So, and then, oh, one last thing, there are some responsible tax cuts that are going in place. People would probably say, well, I don't even know if I'll be able to notice them. But uh, besides that $125 that everybody is it, that's in process currently, that everybody is supposed to get back, our income tax in a state is going to be cut down to 2.9%, but it's over a period of time, a period of years. And so... It's going to gradually uh, be reduced. So, again, it amounts to a lot of money statewide, but the individuals, they may not notice that reduction much. And then there's also a repealing of the utility receipts tax. And so uh, that also uh, will be of some benefit to everybody uh, that pays the utility bill. So, so anyway, those are some of the important issues, Tom. But, gosh, there's uh, – you know, there's so many others when we talk about 177 bills, um, you know, but I, I think those are some that have piqued the interest of, of, of people, uh, at least people that I have heard from. And, of course, uh, you'll have the uh, folks will have the opportunity to uh, ask you about those and uh, possibly other bills at uh, county fairs coming up. Of course, you've been to uh, several already, but you've got uh, two coming up uh, on uh, Sunday and Monday. That's right, yes. I, I try uh, every year to uh, spend at least one evening at each county fair, and I try to uh, get to the media what, what date I'm going to be there so that people that really want to come see me can have access and talk about things that are, that are most on their mind. So I will be um, you see, participating in the Greensburg Fair Parade on Sunday late afternoon and then being available at their fairgrounds immediately following. 
And then Monday evening, I'll be at Brookville at the fairgrounds. And uh, we've already had uh, Shelbyville and Rushville. And still coming up will be uh, Fayette County, Connersville, and, of course, Ripley County. So, uh, But I hope people take uh, advantage of the opportunity, especially if they have something that they want to talk to me directly about one-on-one and not just something that they want to call my office or talk to my legislative assistant. All right, and uh, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap things up. And as always, uh, State Senator Gene Leising, we appreciate your time, and uh, stay well, and uh, we'll possibly see out uh, some of the county fairs uh, coming up, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, and Tom, I would just add that if anybody does want to leave a message for me, they can leave it uh, with my legislative assistant, and they can call the toll-free number, which is 1-800-382-9467. That's one 800 382-9467 and they should never be shy about that okay all right sounds good well thank you senator appreciate it thank you tom